All right, happy Epiphany, everybody, the solemnity of the Epiphany, and Merry Christmas. So Christmas ends basically after this Mass, after today, um, and then we begin ordinary time for a little bit, and then we get into my favorite season, Lent. So I won't, say, I won't ask for a show of hands, but I know a bunch of us are doing either Magnify 90 or Exodus 90, and so I'm just getting it in the, in the ether, the uh, media fast cometh. Like it's coming for Lent. And so begin to prepare your like interior environment for just getting nice and calm and peaceful for that time leading up to Easter. So today's the, the feast of the Epiphany, as I said, when Jesus was visited by um, or classically called the three wise men. I love being Catholic because we just know stuff. Like we keep records, details, poked into things over thousands of years. The three wise men were named Caspar, who was probably the king of India, Melchior, who was the king of Persia, and Balthazar, who was king of Arabia. And so we know their general regions, even where they're coming from. And they brought him, as we all know, these three very expensive gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What is not commonly known is that those are very, very specific. Those weren't like random things that they just brought because they had a lot of it. They actually carry like a deep spiritual significance to them. So gold typically is symbolic of kingship, royalty. If you're uh, the king, you generally have the most gold. And so gold is associated with that kind of power. Frankincense uh, is a very fine kind of incense, and it was reserved for uh, the worship of a deity. So there were other types of cheaper incense that were uh, used in the ancient world. But what you're breathing right now is pure frankincense resin. This is the exact incense that they would have brought to our Lord. And it was very expensive at the time and was always burned for worship. And the third was myrrh. So before modern um, embalming techniques, myrrh was the most common embalming fluid uh, of the ancient world. So when people would die, they would cover them in myrrh in some sort of way. And so if you put all three together, you get a king that's divine that's going to die. That's Jesus. Those gifts show us who and what he is. They couldn't have possibly known that at the time, these three guys, but they were listening to the voice of God in their hearts. Even in the ancient pagan world, the Holy Spirit was working in them in some sort of way, and they looked to the heavens and they got it right. They were right. They were right about the location, they were right about the nature of the king, and they were right about what gifts that they should bring. Here's the thing about being right, though. It's not enough. Knowledge is not enough. I can read every book that's ever been written by a saint or on a saint and memorize all that information. Does it make me a saint? No. Knowing something is different than living in a certain way. You look at Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar, what they did when they actually got into the presence of Jesus this king destined to die, the scriptures say they did him homage. The word homage there in ancient Greek is the word proskuneo. Proskuneo means to kiss the hand of 
or to fall to the ground in worship in front of. They fell to the ground in worship in front of him. And in English, it carries an even further meaning of having special honor or respect that's done publicly. Like you can see somebody doing it. I don't know if you've ever been in a restaurant. I confess, I have done this before. I felt this. You've been in a restaurant, and you're like, your brain is like, it's time to pray. But your heart is like, hmm, there's a lot of people around, though, right now. It's a pagan restaurant in Portland, Oregon, you know. And so now, by the grace of God, I've got the, you know, I just bless everybody's food, you know. Like, they don't even know it's happening, but I, I get like a kick out of it. They made like a public act of worship. They did this publicly. They didn't just know the truth. They lived it. And they lived it in a way that other people could see it. The church gives us a chance to do that every year via an ancient custom. So we do it every year at this particular parish. It's not done at every parish, but it's something that's really built into our community here at St. Patrick's. At the 8 a.m. Mass... Chalk was blessed according to a special ancient blessing. And uh, instruction booklets have been printed, and there are little bottles over there, and there's a nice big fresh vat of the Epiphany water. Now, the Epiphany water, if you're not familiar with the grades of holy water, it's the second highest octane of holy water. So the highest one is when a bishop consecrates a new altar, in a church, in a brand new church, but the second highest one is the epiphany water. And the reason for it is because of how extensive the blessing is. So I was at dinner last night with the archbishop and the other guys who are on the um, discernment retreat, the priestly discernment retreat. So pray for those guys, if you will. Um, There's 22 guys discerning the priesthood right now on that retreat. And I don't need to ask his permission anymore but for this, but I was like, hey, can I have your permission to do the Epiphany water blessing? He's like, absolutely, in, per, in perpetuity. And so I was kind of pumped up. I was kind of jazzed up. I came back. You know, it's nighttime. And I got here. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do the whole thing. Like, normally I just read it and whatnot. But if you actually read the instructions, you get fully vested up, you put a cope on, and the celebrant chants the entire thing. I got out here, and I knelt down in front of uh, St. Therese, and uh, I started chanting the Litany of the Saints, the old version of Sancte Patre, ora pro nobis. And as soon as I started, it was like, like the Holy Spirit like filled up this church. And I had this interior sense of like, whoa. Something is going on. Like God is doing something. It, it was palpable. It was perceivable. And then it lasted another 75 minutes after that. These beautiful ancient prayers, and my heart just got more and more and more edified by the Holy Spirit. So when we say holy water, epiphany water, we mean God has chosen to sanctify this creature for the sake of your sanctification and the sanctification of your family. It's something that he does out of his kindness, the kindness of his heart. 
So the head of the household takes those things. You go to your house, and over the front door, the lintel, you write 20 plus C plus M plus B, 24. The beginning part of the year, Casper, Malkiar, Balthazar, 24. And we do that because these guys, they went and visited Jesus in his home. Like they, went, they made this arduous vert journey to go to his home. And so we ask for their prayers in that very public way so that Jesus would come visit us in our home, that he would just fill it up. There'd be no room for any other spirit or any other darkness or anything. It would just be him in our home sanctifying us. So it's not magic. It's faith. It's a public act of worship that other people can see. It's a sign that we don't just know the truth. By the grace of God, we choose to live the truth.